Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Justin Henderson of Lone Star Boys Contracting. Justin, um, we met through some mutual friends at Apex, uh, like Pedro Manis and all. Um, but for people that don't know you, give us a little bit of your background, your story, and how you got into business and, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, great. thanks for having me on, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, come, come and come and talk. And uh, so, yeah, man, so we, we, we connected through some uh, people that, uh, that I consider family of choice, Apex Network and uh, the Lion's Den. I'm a member of both those organizations. And, um, but, uh, you know, you asked about how I kind of got on that path, whatever. It's, it's taken quite a bit to, to get on that path. So I, I think my, my path might be, uh, there, there's a few out here that I know that are similar uh, that kind of made, them, made their life a little harder on them to begin life. And, uh, and, and you have to overcome your own adversities. You know, you got to overcome your own personal adversities. So uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> um, well, let's just start from the beginning. Because I think a lot of times on Facebook, Instagram, with business in an entrepreneurial space, you see all the flashy good stuff. You see the wind. But people don't know the, for lack of better terms, the darkness sometimes you had to go through to build yourself to be the entrepreneur, the business owner that you are. So, um, yeah, let's just start at the beginning. Like, did you grow up in this area or? Right. I grew up in Plano, Texas. Um, family uh, got here in about 1975. Uh, it's a it's a booming community. It's still a booming community. Uh, it's spreading north like wildfire. We've got Californians and New Yorkers moving in constantly. So it's it's a it's a hub of a hub of people that you know really want to come and start families and, and, and have a good uh, a good home and city where they can you know function. Um, along the lines of that, man. Uh, Started uh, started running with a, a unique crowd in high school and, and before that and uh, got into some trouble um, with them, you know, started doing drugs at a pretty early age, about 15 or 16. I consider it early. Uh, I came from a decent family. Parents are still together, you know, kind of the whole, the whole uh, you know, normal family type situation, if you can call a family normal. Uh, but really, but really just started going on a, on a, on a, on a crazy path, man. And then um, right after high school, I, I, I I, uh, I experienced um, several friends um, dying um, and that's not normally what you would uh, not normally what you would see your future as, as an 18 year old boy graduating high school. Your, uh, my thoughts were on college and, and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I suffered uh, the death of about six of, of my closest friends oh, wow. and it was not wasn't just one accident. Gotcha. So you, you went through that. That's that's got to be traumatic right there. Was that from like that drug culture or just different things happening in life where accidents, what, what, what happened? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, so kind of in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, this, it, what you can only describe as a, a drug cartel basically hit our streets. And, you know, there was, we, we, we lived in a very, uh, a good um, city where there was, you know, there was money around. So I think they targeted that a little bit and it kind, of, it kind of came in like a perfect storm. You know, my parents didn't really, I never really had questions about hard drugs um, because, you know, they really never did hard drugs and they didn't see hard drugs, you know, growing up in that city. So it just kind of wasn't a part of the conversation. Um, 
but it became a part of conversation and the drug culture just just came in rampant and uh and and just really did a lot of um terrible terrible things to a lot of good people mtv was there in like 1995 they were driving around doing heroin deals uh <laughs> they were broadcasting live from the back seat we we met them it was it's crazy man it was it was a crazy time yeah no no that that does sound crazy so was that when you just decided to after your friends had passed and all, you were like, I can't do this anymore? Or what started making the change from, you know, being in that scene to now you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a networker. I mean, how did you start to make the changes? So there, there's, there's more to the story um, as far as that's concerned because the change didn't happen then. Uh, the change happened in a prison cell in the Texas Department of Corrections uh, where I was doing a seven year sentence. So after my friends passed away, I, um, I just really, I got into drugs really, really deep, heroin specifically. Um, it's, a, it's a natural painkiller, not natural, it's a painkiller. So I didn't wanna feel the pain that I was going through. So I avoided it at all costs. In the meantime, I, I ran into trouble with the law. So um, I was one of the few people, I, I guess, what, who, who is it? Red in, uh, Red in the movie where he says he's the only one innocent, Shawshank's Redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that movie. I felt like that guy in prison because everybody I talked to, everybody's like, man, no, the lawyer fucked me or I didn't do it with my ex-wife. Or, you know, it's all a setup, the DA. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sitting over there going like, fuck, I'm like, I did all this shit. You know, I'm I'm the idiot here, you know, because I don't even have anybody to blame it on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, man, it was just, uh, you know, it was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me was taking time out and getting time away to get clean and get healthy and get my mind right and get back to who I was you know, before all that bad stuff occurred. And, um, and I'm very thankful for my time away. It's, it's made me who, who I am. So um, get out of prison. Um, you know, it, it's humbling. <laughs> Nobody wants you to work for them. Nobody wants you to, uh, you're, you're all willing to work and shit, but, but nobody really wants you, you know, at, yeah. least not, at least not some of the jobs that you really want to be at or, or, or the income level that you want to be at. And, um, and nobody wants you to, Apartments don't want you either. You know, if you don't have a, a support group to come home to or friends or, or whatever, apart, you can't live in apartments. So I don't really know how people get around that one. But, you know, so I got an opportunity to go to the oil field and, uh, and I did. And I just basically packed a suitcase and he said, pack for about a month. You're going to be gone and you're either going to learn it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I went out there and put my nose to the grindstone and just, and just, worked and worked and worked and, and tried to learn as much as I possibly could because they were paying me fantastic. Yeah. As, as these other places didn't even want to give me $10 an hour. This place was giving me, this place was giving me $11 an hour, paying me 24 hours a day and paying me every day of the week I was gone. Mm-hmm. Overtime starts at four on Tuesday. So oh, wow. <laughs> my mom was like, are you sure you're working? She's like, are you not still dealing drugs and shit? I was like, no, mom, it's a legitimate job. So, uh, <laughs> so, that, so that, that kind of got my mindset um, open to the fact that you can overcome some of these adversities. You can come mm-hmm. overcome some of these obstacles. Some people will give you a chance, you know, and the oil field gave me a chance. And, and for three to four years, man, I, I, I did very well at, raised, uh, went, got to a, a level of supervisor. Um, you know, it, it, it was good, man. And then, Got into an accident on an, on a rig and uh, blew out some discs in my back, and um, came home to to rehab for about a year. And uh, during that time of rehab, 
it, it kind of got opened up to me that, you know, I didn't want to be away all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I still want to make money, but I didn't want to be away all the time. So I actually had a little bit of a cushion to, to make those decisions in my head. And so I just switched industries, you know, I just, I just caught on with something else. And uh, down here, um, construction's a really, really good um, place to start. Yeah, no. And that makes sense. So it sounds like you, you, ended up getting caught up in that wrong, you know, drug culture, like we talked about, you ended up going to jail, which happened. And in that time frame, you were able to realize, okay, cool. I don't want to be here anymore. And then coming back, you dealt with like my friend, Zach Bobcock, you know, people not wanting to actually, you know, give you a chance until finally the oil field did, which is great. And it showed you even more of the power of hard work. And now you're back here. Now you have your contracting company and you're starting to build and grow there. What mindset shifts did you have to make going from employee in the oil fields? They just pretty much told you what to do, I'm assuming. Hey, you got to do this schedule too. Now I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start my own thing. What, what type of changes? How did you navigate that? So, yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Shout out to Zach Babcock and Travis Ritchie and uh, Lawrence Stewart, man. They put me on uh, they put me on Convicted Life for my first podcast, man. I got a lot of love and respect for those guys. I love uh, him, yeah. Yeah, Zach's been yeah. on here twice. He's a great dude. I love Zach. Oh, man, dude, Zach's the best, man. Um, so, yeah, so so there was a step. There, again, there was another step in between that progression. Um, I went to work for a contracting company here in McKinney, Texas. Um, you know, got taught, you know, the basics. And then, you know, you, you either sink or swim, you know. And he put me in front of a lot of people. In, in the time I worked from him, I, I, I found out one thing. I found out that I was a salesperson. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that I was a salesperson, that kind of changed the game for me. That changed my whole mindset is that, you know, as a business owner, when you're out doing sales, nobody's asking your background. Nobody, nobody gives a shit what you did when you're 18 years old, no mistake you made, whatever. Are you delivering value in the product that you're delivering? And are you confident that you're able to walk them through that process and complete the job? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I, while I was working for that other company, it just, it became very, very clear to me that this is, this is a path. This is a pathway for somebody who's had the background that I've had. And it's an opportunity to have a future that most people like me don't get to have. You know, I think Ryan, Ryan Stuman, who's a really good friend of mine is a testament to that as well. You know, we've been roommates twice and like his whole story is incredible. He, he, whatever he, if he says it, it it ain't fake, man. He he ain't faking nothing. I've seen, I've seen that in action. So, So anyway, so, the uh, the time came for me and the owner of the company, you know, to sit down and kind of do, you know, go over finances and, and pay and all that, whatever. And he basically said that I was maxed out with his company and that I was never going to make another penny with him. And, you know, that didn't sit well with me. No, no, I can see that. <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> well, and, and one of the reasons that he, and one of the reasons that he had was, you know, in his office, he says, well, you're a convicted felon. Aren't you, aren't you happy with the, the 125,000 you're making? I said, no, absolutely fucking not. Why, why should I be happy just because I'm a convicted felon? Like he was trying to say, oh, because you're a felon, aren't you happy? Like this is the ceiling for you, you know? And I'm going like, you're not going to put a ceiling on me, dude. Right. You know, especially when I'm walking in here and handing you about a half million dollars of profit a year based upon me, based upon yep. my, my character, you know? So, uh, so yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> it didn't work out at that company, man. He ended up firing me because I told him to, uh, he, he, he's, he called me and actually said, he goes, well, we did give you a raise. We gave you $100 a week extra. Which and you're bringing in $5 million. 
Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm handing him a half a yeah. million dollars every year in profit. Yeah. He's a sole owner of the company. I said, I said, that's about $6,000 a year, man. I, I said, you can take that $5,000 and shove it up your ass. Yep. So he fired me. Um, the next day, I took off his hat. I put on my hat, which you see right here, mm -hmm. um, and started hustling. Like, I had already had it in my mind that it was going to come eventually. Like, I knew I was going to separate eventually, but the process got sped up way faster. Yeah. Well, sometimes things happen for us. So like, you know, you learn the process, you have the ability to go and realize, hey, I'm good at sales. I'm good at delivering what I say. People trust me, they like me. So now when you start your next business that's actually yours, now you can do it your own way, but you don't have to worry about what someone else says. So that's good. So how long have you been in business doing contracting? About three years now, coming up on three years. Nice, nice. And so what have you learned going through that process from employee to salesman, which kind of, I call it kind of call salesman's kind of like business light because you have to go out and kill to eat, but you don't have to pay for all your overhead. So compared <laughs> to like your normal business. So I call sales business entrepreneur light. It just kind of my nickname for it. But how, how did you navigate the change? Is that when you started joining groups like Apex and Lion's Den or what, what, how did your business aspect develop? Yeah, so I mean, I, th I think one, you got to know yourself, right? And, and, and I think I know myself pretty damn well in the fact that I know that I didn't have a background in business the way I was operating. I, I, I didn't have any formal schooling. I had never owned a business before. So I knew I needed to get around other like-minded people because I didn't have all the time in the world to make all the mistakes, right? Yep. So I just, I just wanted to surround myself with, you know, people who you know, are there, are there to talk to a, a community of people that you can share whatever it is you need to share with and people that can reach out and help, you know, and make yourself, uh, humble yourself to be successful, you know, for that help, you know, when you ask for it. So that, that's the group that Ryan Stillman started. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, lots of like-minded people. I've gotten a lot of value from it. I've made a lot of friends and just that it, it's a whole mindset shift. It's a whole mindset shift where you have to say, I don't know everything of what I'm doing but I'm going to try really hard to figure it out and, and, and use the, the people around me to, to make that happen. And I think I've done a fairly decent job of, of navigating that. Yeah, no, and that's good because you want to shrink time. You want to be able to go to the different people and say, hey, cool, you know what? I'm doing this in my business. You've been in this for longer than me. How can I help? And then when people need help in sales or business and stuff, it's that community and then the people you can go things through. Because this idea of, the solo entrepreneur or the lone wolf, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Like, I think you need community. I think community is the key to actually making it. I couldn't agree more, man. I, I'm, I operate as a lone wolf, but that's actually not true at all whatsoever. I mean, I'm the only person that owns my company, but I, I know other companies like mine that I'm friends with. I mean, there's other contracting companies that I, that I network with because resources, you know, yeah. they, they have a guy that does this and I, and I need that on a job, you know, so it's never, uh, it, it's definitely a community of people for sure. And I agree with that hundred percent. Well, it's just building and networking and bringing value to your customer. You mentioned it earlier in the, in the program here that, you know, when you find out what your customer needs or wants, and then you can deliver for them. Well, maybe it's not that you can deliver by yourself, but if you have those other resources then you all rise together. So I like that. Um, so do you have like a daily, I know a lot of people do, some people don't. Do you have like a daily routine you do? Are you really big on that? Or 
Are you more of a fly by your suit your pants type of guy? I mean, it both works, but I just kind of wanted to pick your brain there a little bit. Yeah, man. So this is where I'm going to have to be real honest, man, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and and transparent with you. So um, I, I do not have the best like routine that I know a lot of other entrepreneurs do. Um, I know a lot of people get up at the ass crack of dawn and, you know, they're saying their personal affirmations and everything. And, and I know that's great, you know, and, and I see it working in a lot of people's lives, you know, and honestly, I wish I was a little bit more of a morning person. Uh, I'm not, um, but I kind of just, uh, I kind of just wake, uh, roll up out of bed, very, very grateful to be alive and kind of hit the door running, man. And no, I get it. I get it. I do my, like, cause I'm a little bit different like that too. So like I'll get up in the morning and I'll listen to a podcast when I'm driving into my day job. That's like my morning routine. I'll drink some coffee. I do a lot of my affirmations, my workouts, walking, business, all that in the afternoon. But I find that I do better in the afternoon. Like I can do a bunch of admin work and stuff in the morning. No one bugs me. That's great. You give me about like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Then I start reaching out to clients, talking to them, getting the flow going. I think it's finding the right fit for you. Because if you give me before 4 a.m., you're not going to want to talk to me. I'm not going to be a happy person. <laughs> And I, I know it works, but I, that's just not my thing. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I, and, and I see a lot of people that just, you know, say that that's the secret to their success. And I get it. You know what I mean? I totally understand. And I totally believe them that what they're saying is true. And it, is it probably the best way for, you know, X amount of people and a percentage of people? Yeah, but that's not to say that it's the only way, you know. Yeah. I, I think I found my vibration a little bit better, you know, late in the afternoon and early in, at night. And then... I think what I think what they say a lot of times also is at 4 a.m. is that nobody's awake. Well, guess what? At 1 a.m. nobody's awake too. Right. <laughs> so I mean it's kind of the same thing, but it's not, you know what I mean? But you know. Yeah, it's just finding what works for you and being consistent with it. And then as you build over time, you can tweak and change and do different things there. Do you read books a lot or how do you do self-development? What what's that look like for you? Definitely, definitely read books a lot, man. Definitely we started the four agreements today. Uh, you know, just and, and try to keep it mostly just um, self-help, self-improvement, business, uh, motivational type stuff, overcoming adversity type stuff. I try to, I don't read too much, you know, sci-fi and things like that, whatever, yeah. you know, not to say there's anything wrong with it, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more looking to, to keep the edge on my mindset um, because I just know that, you know, it can be over in a minute, you know, it can be absolutely over in a minute. You got to keep sharp you know, the way the world is changing, the way the business changing, you know, I feel, I feel like a positive mental attitude and, and a motivational attitude is, is what's going to be the key to success. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I think a lot of times we get caught up or people get caught up in the trends, but if you keep working on you, I think people forget you're the secret sauce to your business. You're the thing that actually holds it together. As long as you're ethical, moral, and take care of your customer, you're the spin. You're the reason that they're going to buy. And developing yourself is huge. I, I agree with you on that 100%. So what's next for you? I know you got the contracting, you're doing stuff. What, like future Justin, what are you looking to do? So actually, man, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting you ask that question too, because the, the future's wide open for anybody that has their mind right. So we just, um, I have a buddy, we just started another company. Um, we're actually now in the new home construction phase. So we actually build spec homes, we build custom homes, we build barn dominiums, we build everything. Uh, it's truly, truly a blessing that um, that opportunity is available. 
Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. And especially here, because I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well, and it is booming, like economic-wise, all that. There's a bunch of stuff going on, so that's good. What other words of wisdom or thoughts or ideas would you impart? Because most people that listen to this are either sales professionals, starting out entrepreneurs. They're trying to get to that first 100K. They're trying to break that ceiling. What words of wisdom would you tell them for the guy or gal just starting out? Hmm. Okay. So I think for me personally, what I would tell them is that you, re- you really got to find what it is you're good at, you know, and develop that. If, if you know you're not good in sales, then get out of sales. You know, if, if try to start a business, you know, be a business owner rather than have sales and have somebody sell for you, right? Um, find out what you're really, really, really good at or what you're very passionate about. And in my instance, I'm passionate and I'm good at what I do. So, you know, that it's a no brainer for me to continue on that path. So, and then secondly, it takes time, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, if you're in the midst of finding out what you're good at, if you're not at that 100K ceiling, then, then what are you doing to put the, what are you do? what steps are you taking? Are, do you got a vision board? You know, how are you, how are you manifesting these things into your life? Who are you networking with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Because if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are doing better than you, and you're the best one in the room, yep. you're in the wrong fucking room. Yes. You're in the wrong fucking room, my friend. So if you think that you're going to bust through some ceiling by using old methods or methods that aren't working for you, if, if it's been a, if it's been a, a you know, amount of time and you don't see the effort, you don't see the, 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 the investment coming back that you're, you know, returned on, um, get into a different room, get in a different circle. You know, the way we have technology these days and, and with social media, you, you don't even have to join the, the entrepreneur groups that, that, that I pay to be in, you know, uh, you can, you can find them online. There's all kinds of uplifting, spiritual, whatever people that are, help you out in any kind of way. There's people out there just giving themselves away, you know, just cause they care. So find a different circle and find what you're good at. That's what I, I think that's my two biggest things, man. No, I love that. And I think it's key. I, and I loved what you said there. Don't be the biggest brain in the room. Don't be the top person. I'm always trying to get into groups of people that, you know, have gone farther than me or know more than me or have learned more than me because I want to up my game. I want to get better at what I'm doing. I want to scale up. And it's good to be challenged sometimes. And I love the part that you mentioned about doing something that you love to do, because if you're doing that every day, it's not work. It's not as hard to do as if you're doing a job that you hate. You know, I mean, you're going to be working either way. So you might as well do something that you love. Where can people find you, Justin? You can find me, uh, you can find me online, Justin Henderson. You can find, oh, that's Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, the same thing. Uh, Facebook, I have a business page, Lone Star Boys Contracting. Instagram, I have a page, Lone Star Boys Contracting. You can find me at LoneStarBoys.com. Um, and you can find me at a Million Dollar Mastermind uh, for Apex, June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Are you going? Um, I'm not sure if I will be going, but I know a lot of my friends will definitely be there. So yeah, I know Ryan Stuman's great. I've been following this stuff for a while. Like I said, I've had a lot of people from Apex on great company, great community, um, very solid people there. Same thing with Lions. Dan. I know a lot of people in that group as well. Yeah. Yeah. They got, he's got, um, he's got David Harris coming to speak. He's got ET, the hip hop preacher coming to speak. He's got Bobby Castro, Sean Whalen, Renee Zhang. Uh, Amy Stoneman himself, and then uh, one more name, uh, David Goggins is going to be there as well. 
giving the Apex members a, uh, a special speech. That's not, that's not the regular lineup. And then uh, Tom, Tom fucking Brady. So yep. there is a lot of winning going to be going on uh, at this Million Dollar Mastermind, man. And I don't yeah. get paid to say that. No, no, I know. Like, that's why I'm letting you say it. Cause I know, the, I know how that game goes. So um, yeah, no, it, it, and like, if you're looking and I, I'll just throw a plug out for it. If you guys are looking for a spot to get into, to just start to meet people like that, million dollar master would be a good place for people to come and just start networking and seeing, Hey, is this a group of guys and gals I want to be with? So yeah, totally give you a plug there. Thank you again, Justin, for being on the show. I appreciate you. And for all of you listening, um, share this episode with a friend. The more people that share, like, and review, the more people hear about this, the more people we can help. Have an awesome, wonderful day, and thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.